buckle up, ladies and gentlemen, because it's time for your Super League podcast. Proudly brought to you by Horn Industrial Coatings. Welcome to the electrifying world of Super League basketball. Welcome to the Super League Podcast. This week we cover round five as well as a semi-truckload of trades. We'll break down those as well as catch up with Tristan who is stateside at the moment. Uh, today's pod brought to you by Hazard Electrical for all your electrical and solar needs. I am joined by our fearless leader, GM of the Hounds, Rowan Sword. How are you, mate? Hey, DT. Very well, thank you. How are you? Going well, mate. Going well. Now, do you know... Was there anything that uh, that happened during the week that I wasn't aware about? There was, I don't know, there was like five or six trades that just came out of nowhere. You're, you're going to be up to speed by the end of the podcast. Obviously, um, it was a very, very busy, busy week. I think we had four trades in about 24 hours, and I was sending all this stuff to Mike to um to get up online, obviously, and um, obviously it was out of control. We had four trades. Um, and an injury replacement, and we've literally had a trade come through four minutes ago. Just now, uh, yeah. Literally. So we're going to announce five trades uh, and, a, and an injury replacement. It's been probably the busiest time I've ever ever seen in Super League in terms of trades and in terms of the activity. Obviously, trade deadline yet. Yeah. I mean, having 20 teams in the league gives a little bit more flexibility, I guess, to the jams to make these moves. Um, but the, the the trade deadline is a week away. We're, we're um, next Sunday, Sunday the tenth at five pm. So we're literally a week away from deadline. Um, I guess this is the last crack before they can have one more look at the new team before they make their final move. Maybe I'm not sure, but yeah, very busy week. Well, before we before we get into Monday coverage, we'll break down some of these trades. Um, yep. I've got them written down in the order that I saw them, and. Yep. Uh, First off, we've got the Bucks trading Jared Christopher to the Delmore Devils for Andrew Dowling. Um, yep. Andrew Dowling just had a, a smoking hot game for the Devils on Tuesday night, uh, which we'll talk about later. But uh, what do you make of this? Well, yeah, last week on the podcast, you said Andrew Dowling's going to go off. He's going to pop off. He should get about 20 points sometime this season. One week later, he's dropped 17 points um, and showed the league what he can do. And he's obviously shown enough to the Bucks for um, for Joshy to inquire, and obviously he feels as though he needs another shooter, or another guy that can also handle the ball. And um, he's gone and got after him. And I think the Devils also a nice move here. I think um, Jay Rich played with with Jared Christopher last season, so yeah, he knows chemistry. Yeah. yeah, chemistry. Yeah. So that 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 trade makes a lot of sense to me. It's a bit of chemistry there, and the um, you know, and the and the Bucks can you know potentially add another shooter as well. So I think that's a win-win, um, and a nice move by both the Jams. The Devils' average age just went up a fair bit too. Um, he was sort of keeping that number fairly low for the Devils. Yes, and, uh, bringing in a, a veteran like Jared. Uh, I feel like there is only one young person left on this team. Who's that? That's Zach Jock, I think. Oh, yes. He'd be yep. just about the only player sub-30 in that team. Yeah. No, that's um, that's that's it. Obviously, it's a good dynamic that this this team have uh, been successful so far this season. And, um, yeah, it's important, I guess, to have the chemistry. And, um, yeah, Jay Rich has done an, an exceptional job so far. So, um, it's working out well. And, obviously, it's important to keep the bodies fresh and, um, you know, 
hopefully that all the body all the all the older bodies hold up. <laughs> yeah, most of the guys get together for a lemonade in the car park. These guys get together for a Voltar and Voltar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next trade was the Knights. They're sending yep. uh, Brad Starkey, Jack Brisbane Mills, and Liam McDonald to the Hornets uh, for Jess Maudsley, Jordan Morgan, and Macca Miles or Bryce Joyner, whichever you want to call him. Uh, Bryce. Bryce Reynolds. And and uh, and that was my apologies. So um, Bryce, <laughs> I apologise. There was a little bit of similarities. Obviously, I was silly enough because um, Bryce is wearing a Wizards jersey, and obviously, I should have been looking for the fellow in the in the uh, Hornets jersey. Um, and as we as we said before, we had four trades in a day. I tried to get these photos off quickly. I made a mistake, so I do apologise to both those boys. Oh, I loved it personally. I, I, <laughs> that's very funny. <laughs> um, so the trade, Bryce, sorry, the trade. What do you make of the trade? It's it, it it's probably a move that had to happen, um, and I think it more so had to happen from the Knights' uh, perspective because they are zero and four. Um, whereas the Hornets were kind of like showing a bit of progress, and I think might even be three and two at the moment. So it's an interesting move. Um, I don't, to be honest, I don't think they're getting full value out of Jess Morsley. Um, obviously, Jordan Morgan came for two weeks and that obviously wasn't working either. So, um, you know, they've gone, you know, and targeted, I guess, Liam McDonald to, to fill that big man spot. And obviously, uh, with the assistance of Starkey as well. So it's a trade that, again, makes sense. Um, it'd be interesting to see who the winner out of this trade is as well. Um, it'd be good to get Jack back on Tuesday nights because. Jack, uh, Jack Brisbane Mills last season, he was a, a 10 and 10 guy and almost a steal of the draft. So it'd be really good to see him get back to um back to good form. You reckon it was the night? He told me, he goes, man, I want to get back to Tuesdays. I played better on Tuesdays. So I, uh, <laughs> I, I hope we see him at his best again. Yeah, right. It's an interesting, um, interesting little uh, belief. Yeah. And what? What what um I was gonna say what's really interesting about this trade as well, Jess Morsley obviously was picked in the first round. They haven't got the value out of that trade, so out of that pick yet. Um, so obviously they're bringing in Starkey. Starkey's got to have to bring first round um, contribution, which I think he will. But I think this is a bit of a refreshing start for Jess Morsley as well. And um, I hope he enjoys playing with guys like Josh Farager and, and Jake Sutherland as well. And I know Josh is such a high high IQ type of guy, and this could be a really good um, duo. I think Josh is going to get Jess more shots, and um, again, it's another guy that I want to see taking more shots. And we, you know, having having Jess knocking down threes is really good for the league as well. So hopefully, it works out for both teams. Yeah, the Knights um, the Knights are going to look fairly long too with uh, with Jordan Morgan and bringing in a solid bloke like Macker as well uh, for down low. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think it's uh, it's an interesting trade that that could benefit both teams, but we'll uh, we'll find out. Next up, we had the two cans trading Dave Morseman to the Bucks for Dan Bell. This was this was an interesting one because uh, like in all these other trades, we've sort of seen similar like for like. Yeah. This one we're going for a you know a full blown point center uh, for a for a small forward essentially. Yeah. I- it's probably another one where Dan Bell probably hasn't been utilised or playing at his best so far this season either. Um, I had Dan Bell play for the Bloodhounds last season and he was averaging close to 18 points a game. Um, this guy's a baller. 
Um, and he does play really well off that wing, that small forward or shooting guard role. Um, so really, really good player. It's probably a similar player to what Josh is, Josh Saunders. So, um, yeah. yeah, hopefully this sort of frees up both Joshy and Dan Bell to, to play their natural role a little bit more. And as we know with Dave Morseman, he's the uh, he's almost the the point forward of a lot of teams. He can he can play point guard or he can play inside and um, and do a lot of damage um, down low on the block. Yeah, uh, I think the the Bucks are, are certainly going to welcome the size, and I think um, I think Dave's going to enjoy playing with with Big Mike as well. Yeah, uh, you know Dave Dave knows. Um, who who to put whose hands to put the ball in, and I think he'll probably find um, Big Mike more than more often than not. So I did talk to Joshy about this one, and and Joshy said, well, when Mike was an MVP player, he played with Dave Morseman, um, and I think he, you know he's deliberately targeted um, Morseman based on the the the, uh, the chemistry that that those two have had in the past, and obviously this is sometimes when you bring in players in, it's to help other players, and I think this is to help. Um, Mike Stewart but it just adds so much flexibility to their team like you've got Greggy that can play point or he can play inside um, and you've got you've got obviously um, Dave now that can play in or out as well so um, I think it's a clever move by both um, and I hope we see both these guys uh, playing good basketball Yeah I think if I'm the Bucks I'm I'm giving the ball to, to Dave and say run the offense Yeah yeah, just gives guys the opportunity to play their, their natural role a little bit more um, and, we, and we know Mike can also step out and shoot from outside as well. And if Mike steps out now, Dave goes in, vice versa. It's um, it's going to work really well. Yep. We did have uh, well, we've got a couple of trades still to talk about. Um, we've got the Bulldogs uh, trading David Kutai yep. to the Wizards for Angus Fay. Yeah, interesting trade. Um, I think Angus got moved last season as well. Um, he's a he's a pretty skillful point guard. Um, obviously, wasn't working at the Wizards. The Wizards have had a, a pretty pretty average start to the season. So, um, yeah, fresh start for both these boys. I haven't seen enough of Dave, but I know he can handle the ball. He's uh, he's a very balanced player, um, and I think uh, I think you know it's a refreshing start for both of them. And hopefully, we um, hopefully they both have a positive impact on their teams. Yeah, I I. Uh... I'm I'm interested to see how that works out for both teams. Um, you know, Dave, we we just played Dave recently, and uh, yep. I thought he was a an incredibly decent defender. Um, and Angus, um, on the flip side of that, he's probably one of the better distributors. Yeah, uh, this draft has so it's going to be um, a bit of a retool amongst guards for those guys. But we'll see who wins that. Um, Replacement player I've got written down here, Rowan, and uh, I'm I'm a little bit excited about this one. I'm a little bit sad also. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> these are uh, these replacement players oh, obviously sure. does give us the opportunity to bring back some uh, some great guys to the league, which we've done. But um, Jarvin Wood was uh, unfortunately injured last week. Amy called me on the phone. She's like, "Where's the ice packs?" So obviously it was a bad injury. And uh, the next day we found out that he had a um, a ruptured Achilles or a torn Achilles which we know is a very significant injury. Um, it's going to put him in the moon boot for a few weeks and then, then he gets assessed again. I'm, I'm hoping for, for Jarvin it's, um, it's, not, it's not surgery or, or anything. I'm not sure yet, but um, a torn Achilles is a horrible injury and he's done for the season. But it does obviously give us opportunity to, to welcome Tembi back to the league. 
Um, Tambi is a, a guy that played for the Crocs, I think, season eight. Had last season off. I think he was traveling. Um, and obviously, he's, he's played in the league about four or five seasons now. He's a, he's a great pickup for the... Um, for the Bulldogs, so that's another sort of exciting addition for the, for the new look Bulldogs, um, bringing across Angus and um, and obviously the addition of, of Tembi as well. But all the best with the uh, recovery for Jarvan because that's a, a horrible injury and um, it's one of the one of the shittest things we've got to deal with is finding injury replacements um, because guys, we uh, we just want to see you guys playing and uh, it's just an unfortunate part of the game. It is too, and I might just say on on Jabin's injury. I mean, he was he was probably playing. Um, I mean, it's his first season back um, yeah. in a long time, but he was playing some decent basketball. Um, I know when I had to do the the little scouting report when we played the Bulldogs, uh, he was shooting the ball just as good as Steve West. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's just, awesome. Yeah, just. And- uh, a pretty horrific sort of thing to happen, especially when you're playing such good basketball. Yeah, man. Fingers crossed. Hopefully, we can get him back for season 11. Um, hopefully, hopefully, but we'll um, wish him the best. I know Jay Lay is also out this season with a with a similar injury as well. Um, so it's just just horrible, obviously. And um, but you're right, Jarvin was on track for um, potentially still a draft. I think he was a an early seventh, and um, yeah, he's been been dominating. He's been doing so well. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, now we've got another trade that just came. Do yeah, and I'm going to get this one out because I um I don't have it in front of me. I didn't have it written down, but I'll open up Messenger <laughs> because um we'll get these details right. These boys have literally sent this through. It's eight fifty here, um, and they sent this trade through at eight forty. So, um, we've got a three way trade. It's, uh, involves the Silverbacks, the Knights, and the Kraken. It's just been approved. Jay Burgess is on the move again. Jay Burgess from the Kraken is moving to the Silverbacks. Shannon Humphreys from the Silverbacks is moving to the Knights, and that's a, that's a, that's another move for him this season. And Tim Eakins, um, he's moving from the Knights to the Kraken. So there's a three-way move, Burgess, Humphreys, and Eakins um, to the Silverbacks, Knights, and Kraken. So interesting trade. What's your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure what to think of this. Um, we know that, that Shannon Humphreys obviously uh, can really heat up, um, and I, I guess that's what they're counting on by bringing him across. But, um, you know, Jay Burgess on the flip side, um, probably one of the better defenders in this draft. Um, and then Tim Eakins, he, he's been out of the game for a little bit of time, but he used to play Big V with Tim Morgan, so I think there might be a bit of a... Um, a bit of chemistry there, and, and I think those guys will know how to put Tim in, in great spots uh, to succeed. Yep. So um, I don't know if uh, I don't know if they've got the inside track there, but it seems like they're, they're certainly bringing him in knowing what he's capable of. Yeah, I see. I see that. Um, and obviously it's the same with Burgess and the, um, and the Gormley boys as well. He's played a lot of basketball with, with Dave Gormley, so that's probably that chemistry matchup as well. Yep. And I think with the Knights losing a guy like Starkey, maybe we're hoping that we get, you know, three-point shooting Shannon again where he does what he did against the Bloodhounds last season and, and you know, can heat up and hit three or four threes in a game. So hopefully, um, again, it's like a, it's a refreshing little shuffle of a few pieces, but these little moves can make all the difference. And um, we've seen the Silverbacks make a couple moves this season. 
started zero and two. They've won their last two games and now sitting fifth on the ladder. So these little little tinkers can make a huge difference sometimes. And the the Knights are looking very different come next week. Yeah. Oh, there's um how many existing players? Two or three existing three existing players, I think. Looking like so the bones of, of uh last season. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's better to do these things earlier than later. Um, we've got one more week before the deadline, but um, they've got to start winning. I think they're zero and four at the moment, so they're not out of it. The season's not over, but um, important matchup come Monday. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. All righty, we have some action to talk about on the Monday night, and um, I'm talking slowly because I'm still opening all the tabs. Uh, yeah. The first game uh, on the Monday night was the Jembrook Pacers 69 taking down the Knights 42. Hence why we had a shake-up from the Knights. I think this is a bit of a blowout. Um, I keep saying this every week. Pacers are probably the team to beat in our league, top of the ladder. Um, but, yeah, the game got a little bit ugly. I think Jake was away on schoolies, which obviously hurt the Knights a little bit. Um, but the Knights shot, shot pretty poorly. Um, the Jembrook Pacers play high-intensity defense. They've got heaps of scoring options. Um, they've got a lot of trans points, but also, um, you know, just moved the ball really well, and they all sort of play to their strengths and got a lot of points in the paint. So, um, yeah, it's a convincing win by the Pacers, and um, now we, you know, we can see why the uh, the shake-up happened at the Knights. Yeah. Um, I mean, if we look at the, the stats real quick on this one, um Cooper Lovelace, another another dominating performance. Uh, he had 15 and 22. He's a rebounding machine. Uh, Kyle Nagel, 25, 7 and 5 assists. Uh, then we also had Grimo uh, starting to pop off again with 9 points, a couple steals. Lugie had uh, three, uh, 3 rebounds, 9 points. Fab, 7 points, 4 boards. Nick Melson, four points and two boards. He's uh, he's been quiet the last couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, he just plays his role. I think it's um it's obviously hard to compete inside when you've got other great options around you sometimes. So um yeah, no, he he does his job defensively as well. Yeah, he does a lot of good things that don't show up on this stat sheet. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Knights. Two players in double figures. That was Simo Pajdic. He had 13 points. And that's Starkey. Uh, oh, that's Starkey, of course. He had yeah. So 13. Only a couple of boards. Um, yeah. And all these trades, man. There's a couple just for the listeners. There's a couple of names that need to be updated on this. But Starkey's had 11 and 10. Um, we've got uh, Jack Bam had a, had a really good game as well. Has a good game. Gets traded. He had eight points. Few rebounds, a steal as well. Uh, as you we said, Jake was on schoolies. Jack Farager, uh, four points, three rebounds, a couple of steals, a couple of assists as well. Um, but yeah, Simo was probably the pick, pick of the nights. Timmy Eakins, just a 15 minutes. Poor guy had a, a bit of a hamstring injury near the end. So hopefully he pulls up okay now that he's been traded. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, paces, paces are looking good. Uh, yeah, I called it from the start. This is a team to beat. They look after the ball really well. Obviously, the ball is in Kyle Nagel's hands a lot of the game, um, so good things happen. But biggest thing here is 
49% shooting to 29% shooting. It's uh, shot selection. Uh, it's transition points. Uh, it's a lot of hustle and defense. Um, free throw percentage for the Knights was awful, I think. And, um, yeah, they just they, – statistically, they won everything. Paces, you know, 17 extra rebounds. It's a lot of extra possessions. Yeah. Yeah, it is. All right. We'll move on to the next game. The next game was the Coraline Camels taking down the Ringwood Rangers 41-34. to um, Seven-point seven point margin, low-scoring game. Um, what do you make of this? Is this – Seven points seems like a lot when you're only scoring forty. It's pretty it's pretty um low level quality for a Monday game. We've got twenty four percent and twenty three twenty four and twenty four percent shooting. Sixteen from sixty seven from the camels and fourteen from fifty eight from the Rangers. So the shooting was um below standard. Um we played essentially five on five. Um uh Bailey was uh Bailey played ten minutes as well. We've got um uh, Lockie not on this stat sheet as well. Um, Lockie McGrath as well. So it's um yeah, it's just a messy game. Really, really sloppy game. Um, a lot of rebounds, obviously. A lot of misses. There's a lot of rebounds, but um, yeah, both these teams will 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 need to improve if they want to win next week. A few key outs, obviously. Um, Jack Morris, Bernie, he could be on schoolies as well. And uh, and out for the Rangers was Lockie Tankard. So two quality second rounders not playing in this game, and it sort of just made a bit of a difference. Mm. Peter Kennedy, um, he sort of steadied the ship there with seventeen. Good effort. Yep. Yep. That's half the score. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, literally half their score. Uh, Burko seven points, twenty-two boards is pretty good. Yep. Um, I don't know, like. Burko's a terrific scorer. I just don't know. Um, I don't know why he's not sort of like we saw him um, get Player of the Week last week, and just seven points this week. I think the uh, the Camels must have been really honing in on on Burko this week. I think. I think also he's just a he's a good guy, man. He's a guy that you want to play with. He's always facilitating. He's trying to get the other boys looks. He he gives up a good shot for a better shot very often. Um, so he's a great. He's just a great teammate and. You know, he's had, he's had 16 shots. He didn't shoot great, but he probably, you know, is a guy that we want taking more shots, but he gives them up. He brings the other boys into the game, and he's a great teammate. I, I, I'd love to play with Burke. I think he does always put in the team first. And 22 rebounds, man, that's uh, awesome numbers, obviously, as well. Uh, Bojack, he fouled out of this game, four points, 12 boards. Um, he's been solid for the Rangers all season long. Yep. Um, Lockie Elliott, two points and a rebound. And Bailey didn't trouble the scorers in this one. He had a, a couple of rebounds. For the Camels, uh, we had two players in double figures. That was Mason Moon, 17 and 9. And Hayden Melson with a double-double, 16 and 10. Um, Hayden Melson also had four assists. Mason Moon had five. So that, that duo uh, is working out pretty well over there in Hump City. Mason Moon as a, I think, early third rounder um, mm-hmm. or very late second rounder, un- unbelievable value. He's, um, he's, he's done so well performing like a first rounder um, and adds a lot of speed. And 
he's the uh, he's a he's a good defender as well. So again, something that doesn't really reflect on this score sheet. So the kid's quick, and um, yeah, him and and H are, are partnering up quite well. Very impressed with um, Sierra's game as well. He um he, he dominated. He's had fourteen rebounds, five points. Yeah, um, and and that's massive for Sierra. Like uh, he's he's sort of been struggling to find his groove a little bit, and I feel like on the glass is a great place to start when you're trying to find some momentum. Yeah, yeah. No, he was awesome. Did really well. All right, uh, let's. Oh, sorry, Mark Surtees three and eight as well in this one, and Dan Mullet six boards. Um, yeah, I, I think the camels are flying. They're, they're going pretty well. I think they're flying under the radar. It's, it's not a team that we're like, yeah, they're going to make top four or anything, but they 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 are. I think they're fourth at the moment. Um, their last few weeks has been exceptional. They win this game, and they they still got to bring in Jack Moss Bernie. So they are doing really well. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, the the next game of the night was probably, um, oh, well, arguably the game of the round. Berwick Sharks taking down the Baronia Bloodhounds by just one point, 56 to 55. Rowan? Yeah, I mean, my boys after the game, they said this is this is what Super League's about. We won by one point, won by two points, lost by two points, lost by one point. So... We've split out 100% on our percentage and we've had no game greater than two points. It's crazy. Um, so if you want a good game to watch, come watch the Bloodhounds because we uh, <laughs> we seem to make every game close and interesting and everything comes down to that last possession. And, um, yeah, man, it's it literally a flip of the coin. Um, unfortunately, they uh, they got more shots than us. Um, we, shot, we shot much better. I felt we shot at 44%. They shot at 29%. Um, they shot exceptionally well at the foul line. They've had, um, you know, 10 from 11 at the foul line. We've, we've gone three from eight. So on a game where you lose by one point, shooting, you know, shooting 37% at the foul line is probably the reason why we lost. Um, and, you know, Aussie Shelley and, and, and Lee Belton obviously are, are great um, offensive weapons that sort of kept them in the game. Uh, and a big shout-out to, to Eli Evans in this game. Um Coming into this game, Shelley's averaging 41 and a half points and he's done a good lockdown job and he's kept uh, Shelley to 13 points this game. And um, I think that's a, an amazing effort. It's a gain. It's something that doesn't get reflected on this this score bench or score table. Um, but he's the, he's the reason why um, we recruited out Eli to, to come to the Bloodhounds was to do this sort of job. And, um, yeah, super impressed. And the boys were, were stoked with his efforts on, on Monday night. That's insane. You, yeah, you can always bet on him given 110% uh, all the time. I'm just looking at the team stats, and it's a it's a very unique story. Um, you know, you guys won the rebound count by 16, um, shot the ball at a better percentage, um, and but had 19 turnovers to four, it looks like, is the, the main difference in this game. Because, yep. um, yeah, I mean, you guys looked like you were primed for, for a spanking. Yeah, oh, it's one of those things. You, you shoot at 40, 40, 44%, normally you win the game, especially if you're winning the rebound count by as much as what we won by. So uh, we need to be a little bit cleaner with the ball. Um, yeah, obviously, uh, yeah, a few things didn't go our way. And um, as, it, as I said, it comes down to one possession and you've you got to be perfect in these games. And as you said last week on, on Tuesday nights, it's, it's anyone, anytime, any place. So if you're not perfect, don't expect to win. Yep, got to bring your A game. Lee Belton brought his A game in this one. He had 18 and 8. 
um, superb outing from uh, from Lee. You mentioned Aussie before. He had uh, 13 points and three boards, and six of his points came at the free throw line. So, um, yeah, outstanding defensive job done there. Bryce Joyner, nine points, five boards, uh, and Dave Huang, two points, a couple of boards. Mickey Francis and Aiden Taylor uh, weren't able to get on the scoreboard, but they did get a couple of rebounds each. Uh, for the Bloodhounds, we had Jacko Gray with a double-double, 17 and 10, shot the ball at 50%. Um, Corey Nagel, 10 points, five boards. Um, oh, Jacko, sorry, beg your pardon. Jacko had four assists as well to go with that. Um, Chris O'Keefe shot the ball 100%. Um, Three and five, Jaden O'Brien, five and six, uh, and Tane White, 15 and nine. Um, he's been fantastic for you guys. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, he's a fun guy to play with. A lot of similarities to DeRozan. Um, as I said, he loves to get that mid-range and uh, great shooter. Had a few, as I said, we weren't perfect, but we had a few little injuries at the end of the game. Corey hurt his knee. Um, and also Chris O'Keefe um, did his did his calf, I think. So we had two things we we're sort of juggling near the end, and obviously with six players, those boys were sort of just split minutes in that last couple of minutes just to, you know, play offense, defense, and all that sort of stuff. So um, yeah, credit to to Corey and Chris for for you know putting in a hundred percent. And obviously, um, yeah, we've got a buy coming up, so it's a good time to have a buy for us. Obviously, with a few injuries. Yeah, for sure. Last game of the night was uh, not so close. It was the Pakenham Upper Unicorns 69 to the Pakenham Pirates 55. Um, bit of a bit of a weird game. I wasn't expecting um, such a large margin in this one. I think we might have even picked this one for for game of the week. Yeah, well, 14 points is is, is not a lot. It's a couple of minutes of bad basketball. Um, and obviously a couple of minutes of good basketball from, from the Pakenham Upper Unicorns. Um, we had a new look Unicorns, and when I say new look, we had Cal McNiff with a new smile. A couple of weeks ago, he lost the tooth. He's come back. He had a week off. He's come back, and he's um, got new teeth. And I think it's his, uh, his girlfriend that was there. She said she's much, much happy and impressed with the new look. Um, Cal doesn't smile very much when he's on the court, but he was uh, – he was smiling on Monday night because he's had 39 points, 13 rebounds, steal, assists. He's gone at, you know, 65%. Um, Cal put, put out an, an exceptional performance. Yeah, that is outstanding. And he was the only player to reach double figures on the night. Um, we had big bad Benny Rhodes with 8 and 10. Uh, Cal Shave with 8 and 6. Uh, Jacob Hawken, 6 and 3. Uh, Shane Badger, 8 and 13. Um, good effort from him, from the badge, uh, and five assists as well to go along with it. He's a, a real stat sheet stuffer. Another steal. He was in the third round as well. Ridiculous value. You know, you get um, you get Cal McNiff, and obviously Curtis traded back to get up the order, and he's traded back, and he still ended up with Badger and, and Cal Shave. So ridiculous. That, um, that trio at the top is uh, exceptional and adds a lot of pace to the game and a lot of skills. Uh, for the Pirates, Dil Jenk, uh, 23 and 9. Good effort from him. Shot the ball at 40%. Had a few assists in there as well. Uh, Will Tankard with 10 and 10. 
Also with eight and nine, bordering on a double-double for the big man. Uh, Josh Jantz, nine and four. Dennis Smith with four and three. And Blake Schreiber. Love to see he's got a few shots up in this one. Five boards. Um, it's only a matter of time before he starts really providing for this team, I think. The good thing about Blake is that he is listening to the podcast. He's doing what we tell him. He's taking more shots. So, um, yeah, awesome. Awesome to see Blake. They'll drop next week. Um, obviously, Dill Jenk was the story of the night for, for the Pirates. 23 points. Um, shot exceptionally well. Again, 40% shooting. Does everything, Dill. He's, he's everywhere on the floor. And if he's not dropping the points, he's uh, he's saving points down the other end as well. He's had, you know, he's had three steals, but it's all the other stuff, the deflections and challenging shots and stuff as well. And Dill will continue to get the best out of the Pirates. And, um, you know, looking at the sheet, we're missing Gav Trapnell, who, who was away. Um, and he would have made a big, big difference, obviously, protecting the hoop with Cal McNiff running, running at him. So, um, big, schoolies, big, was he? Was he at schoolies? <laughs> <laughs> might, have, might have been working at schoolies. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, all right, that, um, that's going to wrap, wrap up our Monday night action. We're going to take a quick break. We'll hear from our sponsors. We'll get into some Tuesday night stuff and also our Hayden Byron top five. Horn Industrial Coatings offer you the best quality in epoxy floor coverings. Whether it's a factory floor, showroom, garage or outdoor basketball court, Horn Industrial Coatings will have you covered. Their products are designed to be hard wearing and are suitable for foot traffic and even vehicle traffic. With over 20 years of experience, Dean and the crew at Horn Industrial Coatings will make sure your flooring is finished to the highest standard. Get in contact for a free quote at www.hornindustrialcoatings.com.au. All right, Rowan, we're back and we're to it's time to talk about the exciting stuff. And the first game on the Tuesday was the Bayside Reapers getting up on the Nanagoon Bulldogs 50-34. to 34. Pretty good by you boys, obviously, um, bouncing back, having a, having a good win here. Um, 50 points is a good... Uh, Good, good effort offensively, but to, to restrict a team like the Bulldogs to 34, obviously you, you win this game because you play good defense. Yeah, it was a it was a scrappy old game. Um, you know, and in the previous week we got off to a flying start and sort of held our own for the rest of it. This one it was sort of back and forth, back and forth, and then uh, in the fourth quarter it was really the the Benji Coco show um, that got us over the line and got us over the line fairly comfortably. Man, that is another thing we called on the podcast last week. We said he's going to pop off and have four threes in a quarter and he's going to change the game and be the difference. So there's a few things we're saying here <laughs> last <laughs> that, that, that actually transpired. Um, and it's good to see because we knew Benji was about to have one of those games anyway. Well, yeah, he, had, he struggled all night. He was, he was incredibly frustrated. And then in the fourth quarter, he saw one go down. And then uh, before you know it, yeah, he had another three more to go with it. So... Um, yeah, just a just a good performance by him. Um, I thought, you know, his twelve points were incredibly important. Cam Scott was uh, was terrific. He had eight points and twelve boards, um, and he played a fair bit of time at the point guard as well, which was yep. um, incredibly handy. Uh, Dan Catolico, eight and nine, good good game from him. Dill Jack, um, nine and nine, and. A handful of assists, four assists. I thought he might have even had more because he um, he was 
he seemed to be dropping baskets all over the place. And um, yeah, to look at the end of the end of the game and see he only had nine, um, I was I was extremely surprised. And sometimes it's um, those impact points or those even you know statistically the impact rebounds that someone it's has. It's been like really big baskets, like it. Yeah, like that. That nine points felt like fifteen or twenty. Um, sometimes like guys in my team like man they were so good on the boards tonight and it felt like they had 20 boards but they obviously only had 10 but those uh those rebounds or those points that Dill had at that time were, were obviously extremely important yeah and Michael Katz uh, I'm gonna say it again this guy's an absolute steal um didn't score in this game he had four four rebounds and four steals that's um, why he's, that is uh <laughs> he's a good defender yeah yeah just played incredible defense and um, a lot of his steals came around the perimeter, um, yep. and they were they were timely steals as well. So uh, super important, and um, yeah, I, th- I feel like things are starting to come together at the at the Bayside Reapers. Is that put you guys four and one? Four and one. That's yep. a really good place to be, I guess. Five 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 games down, eighty percent winning is uh, exceptional. Yeah. Um, for the Bulldogs, Matty Thielen had a terrific game. He had 14 points, eight boards, two assists. Uh, did shoot a three in my face and then told me I need to get a hand up. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was feeling very cheeky indeed. Uh, Westy, seven and nine. Uh, probably didn't have his best game from the perimeter, thank goodness. Um, Josh Bauer, seven and three. And then uh, we had Noah Hansen with a couple of points, um, Carl Turkinen with two and nine, and Dave Kutai with uh, two and three. And Jav obviously went down with that um, yeah. with shocking injury, which was uh, which was no good at all. So, uh, yeah, I think – I don't know. I thought the, the Bulldogs, they struggled to score. Um, you know, Matty Thielen's been, been red hot. Um, throughout this season, and and Westy obviously can can get going in a heartbeat. So uh, yeah. there was obviously a big focus on trying to limit the amount of open shots that Westy got, yeah. um, and then also playing good interior defense on Thielen and also Carl. Like you let Carl uh, do what he wants, and and before you know it, he's got twenty points. So yeah, uh, yeah, it was a it was a tough game, and you know I I definitely would say that. 16 points or whatever it was uh, was not accurate of the uh, of the style of game that this was because it was a close one for three quarters. Yep, yep. No, Bulldogs would bounce back. Yeah, someone was- told me I think they were one and three, and um, yeah, it just didn't make any sense because they were such a a really difficult team to play against. So I think um, they they got wins due. Yep. Yeah, 100. The next game uh, was not that close either. It was the Delmore Devils getting up 75 uh, to 53. Mammoth score put up by the Devils. Devils have done this a couple times this season. This is probably their third score in the 70s that I, that I remember. Um, they have a lot of um, scoring output from, from a wide range of guys, and it seems to be different guys popping off each night. But you've got four, four guys here in double figures, which is uh, obviously a good sign that you're going to have a uh, a pretty impressive score and um, seventy five points from seventy shots is is good shooting as well. Um, Andrew Dowling, we we spoke about at the top. Um, he's had seventeen points in this game, as we knew that he uh, had the capabilities of doing so. 
five trays. He's a good shooter. Um, it's good to see him taking those shots. Uh, Bill, Bill had a great game. He's had 20 points, nine rebounds, and a block. Dan Stowe. At six assists, too, just looking at that. Sorry. Wow, that's um, yeah, incredible. He's doing everything. Dan Stowe, vintage Dan Stowe, 14 points, eight rebounds, 71% shooting. So very economical from from Dan. Jay Rich is getting the uh, getting the show going with the with his uh, Dennis Rodman numbers. Gets steals, gets blocks, get rebounds, and uh, and sometimes doesn't score, but he makes his teammates better every week. Leon Stapley just the uh, six points, five rebounds, a steal, and a block. Link Scott twelve points, three rebounds, six steals. That's uh, that's insane. And obviously he's that that in one half too. From Did he? <laughs> That is uh, in- incredible, six steals. Um, it's very rare we see uh, big numbers like that. Um, usually you get six for the whole team, so he's done great. And, and Zach Jock as well, six and four, and always uh, very tidy as well at 60% shooting. He is a, uh, a very, very good basketball player, and I think um, he's one of those guys I think we'll see pop off at some point this season as well. He will now next week. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You come on, uh, come on the podcast. You get mentioned. You you play well the next week. Um, for the Wizards, it was Ryland Dunn doing all of the damage. He had nineteen and five. Um, only player in double figures for the Wizards on the night. We had Trent Reeford with six and seventeen. Um, monster rebounding numbers from him. The Schnoz had eight and twelve. And five assists. Um, Kurt Dimitrakis had uh, four and two. The Birdman had eight and four. Bryce Reynolds, recently traded Bryce Reynolds, uh, two and two. And Angus Fay with six and two. A couple of threes in there from uh, from Angus. Yeah, awesome. He's got it in his game, so it's, uh, it's good to see. And hopefully we see more of it at the Bulldogs. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next game, which was the Turidan Kraken blowing out the Bucks, seventy-one to fifty. Um, bit of a night of blowouts here. Yeah, the, I say this every week. The Kraken, I think, are probably similar to the Camels, sort of sliding under the radar a little bit, and they've sort of snuck up on everyone. And another another big score. Um, your boys on Tuesday are putting up massive numbers, so seventy-one points is a, a massive score, and obviously. Multiple contributors offensively for the Kraken. Um, and as we said last week on the podcast, Timmy Morgan's a guy that just makes everyone better. We said he's making Cal Austin better, and um, Cal was probably best on the court this game. He's had 24 points, 18 rebounds, which is uh, 9D and 9 offensive rebounds. Four block, 53% shooting. Um, incredible. Cal's a, a hustler on the boards. He's, he's got to the foul line. He's had six from eight at the foul line. Stuff in the sheet. Timmy Morgan, as we said, he, he makes everyone better. Economical as well, 56% shooting, 16 points, three rebounds, three steals. Jimmy Minimar had five. Yep, had five. Yep. Um, Jimmy Minimar, two points, six rebounds, um, doing his work on the boards again. Dan Blythe chipping in for a couple, three balls and six points. Dan Eagleton. Three and five, and uh, and Bailey Abraham is another potential steal of the draft. He's had twenty points, ten rebounds, three steals, and a block. Forty-seven uh, percent shooting. So Bailey and uh, Carlos and the the real big standouts in this game for the Kraken. Yeah. 
Incredible numbers from those guys. Um, love to see it. For the Bucks, we had uh, we had Greg Wise starting off the game hot. Uh, I'm pretty sure he had three threes well and truly early in this game. Uh, 18 and three was his final score. He also had four assists. Uh, Mike Stewart, 13 and nine. Uh, good game from him. He's been, I think, he's averaging something like 17 and a half points from memory. Um, and four assists he had on the night. Uh, Michael Snyder's four and three. Joshy Saunders um, had his quietest game that I've seen in a long time. It didn't get on the scoreboard. Four points, zero from five. Um, not the Joshy Saunders we're used to seeing of late. Jared Christopher, a couple of points and a rebound. Uh, Jack Vasharan, four points. And Dan Bell, uh, nine points. So... Yeah, I think um, not horrible for the for the Bucks, but um, no, it's it's, it's a de- defensive issue. I think really, obviously, giving up seventy one points, the offensive numbers are there. Um, hustle on the rebounds, man. They've only had twenty six rebounds for the game, and that's uh, extremely poor. You that's lose the rebound count by twenty one, you're not winning the game. That is big. I mean, yeah, so- both teams have the same amount of turnovers, um, and. Shooting percentages weren't uh, weren't crazily different either. So, uh, yeah, I think you're on the money. The rebounding is where the game was won and lost. And they've gone and got Dave Morseman, so hopefully that helps correct a little bit of that. Yeah, makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, the next game, and and I, I sort of spoke earlier about uh, potentially game of the round for your game, but this yep. to me was just incredible to watch. Um, the the Hornets had a comfortable lead. The Foxes came back, stole the lead, and were looking like they were uh, in the box seat to to take the the win. And then all of a sudden, the Hornets come back, force overtime, and win seventy four to seventy one. Well, thank you for. I was going to say thank you for sharing that on the stream as well on the um, Facebook Live, old school style, because I think you would have had a few. A few viewers on that one because this was a uh, a cracking finish. Obviously, uh, quarter past ten. Um, it was a it was a really good game. So impressive. And again, you got two teams scoring seventy plus points. So you got great uh, great numbers on the box score. It was awesome to see. Um, you know, I saw Jeff Reed have a few points late, but um, but I think he did most of his damage early. He had twenty eight and eleven uh, and three assists to go along with it, and a couple of steals. Shot the ball at 47%. Um, pretty awesome from him. Riley Lanting, 10 points, four boards. Uh, Liam Loveday had a clutch free throw in there at one point. Uh, five boards. Uh, Lockie Morris, two points, four boards. Josh Vukovic, uh, four points and three boards. One of his quieter nights. Yeah. And Corey Brumby, four points, three boards. Um, they... They all but had this game. It was theirs for the taking. It was right there. Who who was the one that didn't play for the Foxes? Uh, you can't put me on the spot like that, mate. They uh, were... Is it Joey Nativo? It's Joey. Joey did play. He had a, he had a terrific game, actually, um, particularly late. Uh, if I remember, he might have had like nine or ten points. Yeah. Um, just quickly. It was about it, that. Yep. He was a difference maker in in this game for sure. He um, 
he was able to sort of breeze past a lot of the defense and just sort yep. of pop up under the basket for for easy layups and um and and it was important for the foxes they needed jo- it joey's deceptively quick he's um he's got a you know f- a couple really um quick first steps as well and obviously can get out on the break and and beat you off the dribble so yeah very impressive by joey and i think he's going to make a big difference for this team um riley was very keen to um to get joey across so I think it's also helped Jeff Reed's game as well. Yeah, well, just someone to take the pressure off. Um, they've really got to guard uh, Joey on the perimeter as well as um, as Riley Lanting, and it just sort of yeah it takes a little bit of that pressure off, knowing that um, that, that you're not going to have two people coming at you every single time. Um, and and it sort of showed, you know, 28 points and 11 boards is a terrific outing for for Jeff. Yep. Um, for the Hornets. Um, there's a lot to like about this game and this stat sheet uh, for these guys. You had uh, you had Lockie Davis top scoring. He had 19 and five, um, and and it was about time. Uh, I, I, a lot of people were sort of pointing him out during this game and going, "Who's this guy? He's he's pretty good." Um, but it slipped, I think, maybe to the sixth round. He was in the sixth, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is way way too low for his ability. 67% um, for him on his 19 points. The other player that I was particularly impressed with was Dill Henry and particularly impressed late in this game. He had 18 and 6 uh, and just happened to be in the right spot at the right time so many times late in this game. Um, just had a, a shit-hot game and I, I loved watching it. Yeah. Jets uh, Maudsley, 14 points and 3 assists. Oh, sorry, three, uh, three rebounds. John O'Bray, uh, quite a game from him. Went zero from ten from three, four points and seven boards. Uh, came out at like half time or three quarter time. Was just knocking shot down after shot, um, and then came out and just couldn't convert to the game. It's it's one of those frustrating games for him. Um, Macca had a quiet game. Um, didn't didn't trouble the scorers. Grabbed a rebound. Matt Darcy was. Uh, particularly impressive. He was 15, 9, and 12 assists. Yeah, awesome. 12 assists in Super League is uh, extremely hard to get. So uh, that's a pretty um, near triple-double for, um, for Matty. So it's a, it's a great, great stat night for him. And obviously extremely close on the um, player of the week. I think he was about 2% off, so one or two votes off. Yeah, okay. Well, he had the the go ahead basket as well for the for the Hornets, um, and he was terrific in OT as well, just uh, setting up all these guys and yeah, just playing smart basketball towards the end there to help the the Hornets get over the line. Yeah, oh, you need those guys down the clutch, and no better no better guy to have the ball in the hands of uh, Matt Darcy. So safe hands and good decision maker, and uh, and obviously getting the best out of his boys. So interestingly, that you know, you, you still a win. You go three and two, and we we had a massive shake up. Obviously, moved out. Um, big Jordan Morgan, Maudsley, and, and Michael Miles as well. Yeah, yeah, gets a close win and ships out half the team. Um, yeah. but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what chemistry they can um they can, you know, sort of fit in next week in their, in their game. Yeah. Well, that um. That brings us to the end of the Tuesday night coverage. We do have a couple of things to talk about still. Yep. Uh, and that is the Hayden Byron top five, which is a top 10 
this week uh, in no particular order. And we've gone with the Hayden Byron top five NBA doppelgangers. But we've got 10. We've got 10. We've got 10 awesome. here. Uh, it's a decent list. Uh, I'm just going to rattle them off real quick because it's uh, it's getting late here. But uh, first one, we all know it. It's, uh, it's Jake Connor. Birdman, Chris Anderson from Miami way back in the day, um, just full covered in tats, uh, looks exactly like Jake Connor. Second one, uh, I've got Andy Printania, not playing Super League this season, but has played enough Super League for most people to know him. Um, Jarrett Allen. Uh, I personally, we, we put his picture up on, um, on our stats site we we didn't have a picture of Andy, so we put Jared Allen up, and I don't know if anyone even picked it up. It's just nah. uh, it's that close. <laughs> same guy. Uh, yeah, same guy. Same guy. Not with us this season. He's with the Cavs. He's... <laughs> <laughs> um, Lee McDonald, Kelly Olynyk. I think yep. uh, Plaza's Plaza's been sprouting this one quite a fair bit, um, but. Yes, very, very similar to Kelly Olynyk, And it got a similar game to Kelly Olynyk, actually. Yeah, good outside shot, good passer. Yeah. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know what hair this guy's rocking at the moment, but um, from my memory, I've put down uh, Kyle Day for Gordon Hayward. Yes, same haircut. Same, same haircut. face. Yeah. I don't know about the Eminem. I don't know if he's still rocking that bleach blonde Eminem hair, but... Uh, very, very handsome, like Gordon Hayward. That's for sure. Uh, Fabrice Monty, I've got Horace Grant. Yeah, hundred percent. That's an easy one. That's Especially good. Like, just the goggles, right? Yeah, yeah. Any, anyone who wears goggles is Horace Grant. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Aussie Shelley, Kevin Huerta. Oh, hundred percent. That's the same guy as well. <laughs> In and out from Sacramento. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Michael Snyder's. I've got Reggie Bullock. I don't, yes. know, I don't know how accurate yes. that one is, but and I was just thinking as well. Please. Maybe a little bit of Tanner Krebs as well from the Melbourne United. Oh yeah, yeah, I yeah. see it. I see it. Little similarities. I see it. Uh, Mike Stewart. I've got here. It's not NBA, but it's Chris Golding, and you can't ignore oh, it. hundred percent. Same hair. So same. close. Yep. It's just so close. It's just a tall Chris Golding. Um, Lucas Plaza, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, but it was it was Marcin Gortat. He played for the Wizards and the Suns back in the day, and uh, he was a machine. He was, um, I reckon he was close to all-star contention when he was playing with John Wall. Like, he was a guy that was ripping down big numbers, like 10 and 15 every week. Yeah, um, he was. I think he was, put on the, he was put on the NBA map because of John Wall. Yep. And then, like he's, I think he was still pretty decent at the Suns, actually. Yes. Yep. The final one I've got here is Cooper Pantano, Alex Caruso. And I reckon this is one of the best ones. Um, same haircut, <laughs> same play style. They yeah, are. he's still he's got that like aggressive defensive uh, mindset, um, and of course, yeah, rocking the Caruso hairstyle right now. Um, yeah, love it. That's a good one. That is a good good top ten. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I don't know if anyone's got any more. That's all I could think of, actually. I could only think of ten. So um, yeah, if you want to drop one in the comments or something, go for it. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think you'll get many uh 
there'll, there'll be a couple that we might have missed, but I don't think you'll get any that beat that top 10. That, that was uh, pretty impressive. I've got them all. I've got them all. I'm challenging. <laughs> there is not one more doppelganger in there. So, Yeah, that's good. All right, we got, um, we got Player of the Week, Team of the Week, and our Games of the Week. Um, just quickly, Ro, do you know if the Games of the Week have been announced? No, I, I'm going to um, I'm gonna pick them, and you're going to choose them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's go through the Team of the Week. Um, so we've got um, Matt Darcy, point guard. Bill at our shooting guard, Cal McNiff, coming off the wing at the uh, small forward, Cal Austin. Uh, power forward, and we've got Cooper Lovelace with his uh, 25 rebounds as our starting centre. And off the bench, we've got Kyle Nagel and Lee Belton. The uh, the player of the week um, on the on the South Conference was Cal McNiff with his 39 points. And on the East Conference, we had Cal Austin as our uh, Eastern player of the week with his uh, 24 and 18 or 26 and 20 or whatever he got. He was, he was amazing. So both Cal McNiff, Cal Austin, congratulations on player of the week. Yeah, that's that's insane. And good to see Cal um, having massive numbers because that's um, that's quite frankly what I think he should be putting up each and every week. He will. He will be. And, um, yeah, sim- similar to guys like Ozzy Shelley, they've got capabilities of dropping 40 or near 40 every week. And awesome to have these guys in the league and uh, privileged to play with them and against them. Yeah. All right, so game of the week. Um, do you do you have any tips yep. here? I've got a couple written down that I think might be pretty good, but yeah. All right, do you want do you want to pick do you want to pick them and I'll uh, I'll tell you what I think. Tell me if you think I'm right here. Okay. So I've got the two and two Silverbacks currently sitting fifth, going up against the Packy Upper Unicorns who are three and one and currently sitting in third. Yeah, this is a good one. This is a really good one because I think the Silverbacks have um. Obviously, pinched the last two wins, but this is a really big test um, against the Unicorns to see if they're le- legitimate contenders, I think. Yeah. Um, the Silverbacks, obviously, um, they've been playing sort of up and down. Um, they've, they've got the capability to, to really stick it to a team, but I think it's going to come down to what they can do against Cal McNiff, who's, who's running red hot. Yeah. Yeah. Who are you picking? You picking? Uh, oh. You know what? I think I think I'm going to go with the Silverbacks, the underdog. Who's stopping Cal McNiff? You're not telling me Kyle's locking him down. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I I actually don't know. Um, I reckon if he came in the paint, it'll be Paul Phillips that stops him. Uh, yes. Him just the once. Um, but <laughs> I don't I don't know. Um, it's going to be a going to be a tough. Uh, tough gig to try and stop that guy. I don't know anyone in the league that's really capable of doing it at the moment, but yeah, uh, yeah. I, I'm just going to go with the Silverbacks. I think um, Paul Phillips is due for a big one, and uh, he will have a big one. Yep, yeah. Uh, have, have a good game too. Um, the Tuesday night, I've got the one and three Nanagoon Bulldogs, who are currently sitting seventh. Yep, going up against the zero and four. Bunyip Wizards, who are tenth. I think this game. I picked this game because it's particularly important for both teams. Very, very important. Obviously, Bulldogs are desperate to get back on the winners list, and, and as you saw last week, they have a uh, extremely good roster. 
So they need to start winning, obviously, if you want to stay in the mix. And Bunyip Wizards are pretty close to their last uh, last chance at making finals because if they go zero and five, they're going to have to win the last six and then obviously get lucky to um to 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 make finals. So six and five, I'm not sure is going to be enough to make it. So we'll we'll see. But I think um I think the Wizards could get the first their first win in this game. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough. You know the the Wizards are a big team, uh, and they're going up against another fairly big team. You know, like Matty Thielen and and Carl. Um, they're they're certainly no easy matchup inside. So uh, yeah. it, they're going to be they're going to be working hard to stop those guys. It's just a matter of uh, what else the Wizards can do to to put up a win. Yeah, it's probably you know it is a matchup with the inside boys and. You got guys like Matty Bray on Matt Thielen, maybe. I think that could be the deciding matchup. Whoever has the better game out of those two boys maybe um goes on and wins the game for for their team. Are you gonna pick a winner in this? I'm picking the Wizards. I, I just think they're too good to be zero and five. So by well, three and I'm gonna pick the Bulldogs because okay. uh, because we played them last week and they were they were very good. Yeah. So, uh, I think they will be very good uh, on Tuesday, and a lot of a lot of upside, I guess, on the Bulldogs as well. There's a couple of guys that are a little a little underdone from last week. If they um get going, they're they're a quality team. Yeah. All right, we've got one more thing. You and Tristan uh, got together a little bit earlier, and we spoke about, or you guys spoke about, um, uh, the current Berwick High USA trip that's going on. Yeah, Tristan's managed to um to get himself on that that holiday holiday <laughs> tour trip. Yeah. Um, obviously playing a bit of a a, a role as a um uh, a driver, I guess. Um, he's sort of getting the kids around, and um, his daughter's also over there at the moment playing as well. So, um, I did one of these tours when I was um, finishing high school as well, and it's one of the greatest experiences that I had. Um. In my, in my whole life, obviously, the opportunity to play basketball in America. Um, yeah, we just had a quick chat, um, and he's talking about how the kids are going. Um, so, yeah, if you're interested, stay on the line and, and have a listen. But um, I know that, yeah, it's a great experience for those kids. Tristan's uh, obviously having a, having a great time as well. Um, we talked about everything basketball. Um, the, the time, you know, the time difference over there obviously sort of stops Tristan from jumping in on this podcast, but um, I think it'd be about four or five o'clock in the morning over there at the moment. So, um, yeah, we recorded that earlier this afternoon. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah, stick around for a listen. Rowan, thanks for joining me, mate, and uh, I'll see you next week sometime. Cool. Thanks, DT. Cheers. Good morning, guys. How are you? We have a special guest today. We've got Tristan, our, um, our league owner. He's over in America at the moment, and uh, he's able to jump on the line for a little bit. Tristan, how are you? I'm good, mate. How are you? Good to be uh, speaking to you from America. Very, very, very good. Uh, excited to uh, have this little chat, catch up with you. And obviously, I've seen a few uh, Facebook posts um, coming through, and it looks like you guys are having a good time. Yeah, mate. It's been fantastic. I... Um... I was, you know, pretty pretty busy in the lead up uh, to the trip, so I, I really didn't get, a, you know, the opportunity to, you know, get too excited. But um, yeah, since jumping on the plane with 
48 kids and, and, and myself and, and five teachers. Uh, we've hit the ground running and, yeah, it's been absolutely sensational, mate. I, I couldn't fault. I uh, couldn't fault anything that's happened so far. Did you, just for the listeners, you're travelling with Berwick? Yeah, correct. So I'm with um, the Berwick Basketball Academy through yep. um, Berwick College. So Dakota, my eldest daughter, is a part of the trip. And, um, you know, knowing, knowing the sports teachers uh, and the academy uh, coaches pretty well, uh, they offered me the opportunity to, to be a chaperone and, and come on the trip uh, with, uh, with five of them. So I make up the sixth number and, um, yeah, jumped on with those guys. And although I'm not with Dakota, uh, I'm in Seattle at the moment. So I started in Seattle and Dakota started in Portland. Uh, yeah. But I'm with Chris Pentland and his daughter, Tamsin. And um, I'm with another 24 kids uh, in year 11. So we've oh, been in Portland, for, uh, sorry, in, in Seattle for the last couple of days, um, you know, seeing the sights and, and playing some games. Cool, cool. Um, obviously, 48 kids, so you've got four teams. Yeah, correct. correct? Uh, I think we've got five teams. So there, we've got three here um, and there's, there's two in Portland. Okay, awesome, awesome. And you, um, do you get to catch up with your daughter later in the trip? Does the, does the school come together? Yeah, correct. So how, how it works is at the minute I'm, uh, I'm, in, the, I'm in the blue group uh, and we're in Seattle for a few days uh, while the white group is in Portland. Then we'll catch up uh, in a couple of days, uh, do some shopping together, and then we flip it. So they'll come to Seattle, I'll go to Portland with the blue group, and then from yep. there we all fly to San Francisco. And as a collective group, we're in San Francisco playing some tournaments, seeing the sights, and then down to LA to play in some games and you know do some theme parks and some sightseeing and NBA games as well. Awesome, awesome. I, I was going to say, I saw some of the footage, um, obviously you've been to some of the schools. You, you caught up with Tyler Robinson the other day? Yeah, well, you? I didn't. The, 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 the white group in, in Portland did. Uh, yep. they, some of the coaches know Tyler really well, like yourself. And, yeah, he was, he was you know, really accommodating to the white group. Yeah, you know, they got to go on court and get some photos and have a chat to him and and have a look, you know, around the school and around the gym. So I personally haven't met the guy, but I know, I know from all reports on what you say, he's, he's a fantastic human and he's doing really well um, in Portland yeah. at the minute. I mean, what I was going to say, what some of these kids are doing now on this tour is what Tyler did five or six years ago. Um, yeah. Tyler obviously came through um, Basketball Victoria, started off with playing playing for Warrandyte. I think he yep. played into 14s for Warrandyte and then realised he was never going to be a state champion or go to the classic plane for them. Um, and yep. then transferred over to, to Dandenong and obviously did really well, moving in the senior program. Then I think he went over and uh, hit up Portland. So, um, yeah, beautiful kid um, and, and a really nice family as well. Um, but that's really good that you guys are, you know, he's reaching out still and remembers where he came from. And, um, you know, I hope he comes back and plays in the NBL because that would be a really cool story. Well, that's it, mate. And, and, you know, like, and this, this is the trajectory for these kids, you know, whether in the, in the white group or the blue group, um, you know, it means, it means nothing, um, you know, whether, you know, these kids are in, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, uh, eleven. you know, this is their trajectory, you know, if they want to go to college, this is the pathway that they have, you know, in front of them. And trips like this, I think, solidify that. So tonight, although I haven't put up a post yet, I'm going to be doing so shortly, we went to uh, Seattle Redhawks game. Um, yep. So all the guys got to meet uh, Kobe Williamson. Um, cool. If you know Kobe. He's, yeah. 
junior, possibly Victoria junior, played at Sandringham. Yeah, correct. And, you know, he was fantastic, you know, just chatting to the kids and, you know, getting some photos and, you know, seeing like, you know, when you actually get over here and you see how big these stadiums are and, you know, you know how, how fantastic these competitions are. And to know that this kid was, you know, just played around the corner. You know, he's just like these kids that are on, on this trip. And, you know, yeah. it just shows a bit of faith on, you know, what is achievable, you know, if they set their mind to it. So I know that age group really well, obviously through my coaching. Um, Kobe was, he was never, he was never a star in 12s and 14s. He was just always like a bit of a long kid, bit of a project kid. Um, yeah. And then I got really good when he was sort of 15, 16, made the uh, under-17 Australian team, I believe. And then obviously yep. um, uh, you, you get college opportunities. So um, you're really excited for the, you know, for, for your kids as well. Um, 48 kids are going to probably have the best trip in their whole whole entire lifetime. Um, I personally remember I did, did a tour 2008, 2009, just when yep. I finished high school. And um, it was a mix between uh, Australian kids and, and New Zealand kids. And um, I, I got to play with Rob Lowe and, uh, and Rob yep. Lowe spent the last 15 years in the NBL. So, um, yeah, it's pretty handy having a, you know, a seven foot two guy on your team, you getting strife. You just love the ball up to him. And, um, and obviously having a good, a good guy like that brought a lot of scouts to our games as well. They all want to check out a seven footer. Yeah. And, and that's exactly, you know, there's a young kid that's, um, you know, amongst our group he's in, he's in year 10 Marcus. I think he's sitting at about six, seven at the minute. And yep. you know he can he can get up and down and he can you know windmill dunk and he can do all these fantastic things and he's he's a really charismatic kid and you know like these are, these are the types of players you want and you know you look at it you know especially with what Chris Pentland and Jared Leonard and Shannon Davey and Brent Hobber have been able to achieve within Berwick yep. all these kids like I, I'm I'm sitting here watching the girls play I'm watching Bella de Jong. Um, you know, I'm watching, you know, Javon Hawkins and then, you know, you'll have the boys game with Seth Horns and, you know, all these types of guys. Um, yep. There's not one of them that couldn't come over here and play. Like, they're all phenomenal. Whether that's, you know, Div 3, Div 2, Juco, Div 1, you know, they've all got this fantastic ability to play basketball and it stems from, you know, their representative organisations, but, you know, also the work that, you know, Berwick Academy put in as well. Yep. My um obviously my son's going to be looking at high school in you know two or three years time and um obviously loves basketball. Do what do you recommend these 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 academies? Um obviously you're at Berwick at the moment. Your kids are at Berwick. And... Yeah, absolutely. Like don't get me wrong. I looked at you know I looked at Roeville. Um, I looked yeah. at Berwick. Uh, but for me, what stood out for for Berwick is obviously you know we live in Pakenham, so. That's, that was, you know, played a big part in it. But yep. also what, you know, Chris brings to the table as far as the kids' education, you know, whether you're a D-grade student or whether you're an A-grade student, you have to work hard and you've got to do the best to your ability. You know, yep. you can't be slapping off because if you do, you don't get on the court. So that was a big thing for Kate and I when, you know, sending, you know, our girls there. Um, but since then, it's 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 been probably one of the best decisions that we've made for our kids' education and, and their basketball as well, because, you know, even, you know, being away from Dakota at the moment, she's with the other group, but being with, you know, these 24 kids and, and some of them I know really well, and some of them I've met on this trip and we've honestly have not had one issue. They're so mature, so well-mannered, so caring, you know, they look after each other. And, you know, I, I was surprised, you know, like in such a big group 
you know what it's like, you know, there's yeah. so many, you know, contrasts and personalities, but, you know, touch wood, we've had no issues whatsoever. You know, even when, you know, us, us three teach or us three chaperones get in the car and driving on the other side of, of the yeah. road, you know, they're there to support us. And like, yeah. I honestly couldn't fault any of these kids that, you know, I'm touring with at the minute. Um, I've got a lot of time for all of them. How, um, how have you gone with the driving experiences? Oh, mate, you know what? Like, bloody um, uh, Shan Davey and, and um, Chris Pentland didn't tell me. They forgot to tell me uh, the drive over here. And oh, I come over here, you know, a fair bit for work, and I just had never done it. So I was a little bit nervous. Um, yeah. So I went for a bit of a scoot around this morning before, you know, having the kids in the car. And it's actually surprisingly very easy. Um, you honestly need to, you know, get behind the wheel for a couple of minutes and, yeah, it's, you, you adapt pretty quickly. Um, some of the road rules are very different, but, yep. yeah, there's there's no issues with driving over here, mate. I, um, I quite like it. What, did, what have you got? You got, like, a little mini bus, like, taking a team? Or? Yeah, 10. So they're 10-seater they're, they're buses. So we, uh, we evenly split out over the three. And, yeah, I, I, we only got the cars this morning. So we'd, we'd been in coaches and, you know, in transit the last couple of days. But... Today, we kind of split up and, you know, went to certain games at high schools that we had. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow, we've got a day off where we're just cruising and, you know, looking around at the sites, you know, um, doing a little bit of shopping. So, there's no games tomorrow. But, yeah, we just jump in the van, mate, and uh, go to where we need to go and, you know, take our time and, and do everything safely. But, um, yeah, like, yeah, can't, can't fault driving over here. And, you know, like I said, the kids have, the kids have adapted really well as well. Yeah, nice. So it's nearly six o'clock here on a Sunday night. What what time yep. have you got at the moment? Uh, I've got Saturday eleven p.m. So oh. I'm in my room, oh. ready to <laughs> ready to jump in the bed and, and have a bit of a sleep because it has been a pretty killer couple of days. We've been up early and and you yeah. know driving to different uh, different venues and different high schools. So tonight's going to be good. Jump in the bed and have a bit of a sleep in. Uh, get the kids up for for buffet breakfast and then. We're going to go check out the outlets and, and do a little bit of shopping. Um, and then come, what are we, Saturday, come Monday, we'll start heading towards Portland and, and meet the other group and, yep. and do a big crossover. So um, how long does the trip go for and what are the, what's the main highlights that you're sort of looking forward to, what's coming up? Uh, so it, it goes for two weeks. So three days in here in Seattle, three days in Portland, and then we all get together in San Francisco and LA, um, which I've done, you know, multiple times for me personally. Um, I'm look, I'm really looking forward to Alcatraz, um, yep. and, you know, doing some of those touristy things. Um, uh, but yep. for me, I think probably more just getting back and, and, you know, getting together with Dakota and watching her play. Um, she had a really yep. good game today and I think she knocked three or four threes so just to see her play over here and and spend a little bit of time with her and and her close mates is is something I'm looking forward to you know come come San Francisco oh that's that sounds awesome and obviously this is a this is a Super League podcast how does this tour compare to the um, the Super League tour that you've organized for next year um well it'll be quite similar I think I mean outside of you know, taking kids, we're taking, you know, full-grown adults um, to play in some domestic games. So, I like, I, I, I compare it um, pretty closely to what we're, we're trying to achieve next year with Super League. I mean, I've been uh, chatting, you know, pretty closely with Nat Porter, who's organised this trip from Empire. Yeah. 
she's been absolutely brilliant in in what she's been able to to do for the group and do for the kids and teachers. So yeah, just you know, probably picking her brain and working with her on, you know, what's what the, the, our trip could be. Um, but essentially taking you know full grown adults, domestic guys over and you know doing the sightseeing and, and playing in some games as well. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Who are you who are you most looking forward to uh to spending that time with on that trip? Well, probably that's a tough one. Probably DT, I think, mate. Um, yep. You know, we, him and I have been have been mates for over twenty years. Shit, that, that's starting to show our age a little <laughs> bit. But um, yeah, yep. just to get over with DT and and Leon Stapley um, would be you know would be fantastic. But in saying that, you know, all the guys that you know we we want to get to go um, are all fantastic. So um, you know, it's it's you know whoever goes and. You know, who was a part of it? It's yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be great no matter what. So yeah, that that is uh, Super League USA trip one, and you're planning yep. a Super League USA trip two late next year. Yeah, correct. So we we want to try and go to the East Coast at the end of next year. Uh, yep. I'm in the in the small stages of working on that um, with Nat Porter uh, from Empire. Uh, you know, putting that together, uh, which will look something like. Boston, New York, uh, and then down to Miami potentially. So, but it's in its it's very much in its infancy at the minute. Um, but you know, we'll we'll just keep ticking along at that and you know see what we can come up with. Man, like with some of some of the young talent we've got in the league at the moment, it'd be cool to get some of those guys jumping on that trip. Obviously, yeah, correct. Uh, but you know what? Like looking at the other way, like I'd love to get some of these kids that are on this tour playing Super League, you know, like we've had the likes of, of Seth Horn. Um, and, you know, before COVID, when we had our women's competition, you know, we had Javon Hawkins, we had Dakota Blacker, we had Bella DeJong, you know, all these girls playing. So, you know, I would love to, you know, potentially look at that, you know, our girls competition later on next year, but, you know, also, you know, get these guys, um, you know, in the off season playing because, you know, for whether it's these kids listening in or, you know, their parents, Super League's a fantastic competition. Uh, only runs for 11 weeks in a season and you get full stats and drafts and, I mean, you know how it all works. So yeah. um, I definitely think that, you know, it's, it's a good opportunity to, you know, have these guys come and play. It strengthens our league and, um, you, know, you know, keeps our league ticking along. Yeah. Also want to yeah, obviously highlight for the, the listeners, we are trying extremely hard with this live stream at the moment and um, and hope that we can obviously come with a solution because obviously all that sort of stuff helps if you if you do have those aspirations in terms of scouting and all that sort of stuff so um the stats are helpful the live stream obviously the footage is also extremely important for those you know scouting opportunities but man it's been um awesome catching up with you i apologize that it is now 11 o'clock over there and it's, it's pretty late but um thank you so much for uh for the catch up um and i guess we'll see you in about two weeks no worries, mate. No, I appreciate your time. And what we'll try and do is maybe we'll try and get a, a midweek podcast and I'll get some of these kids on to, you know, to talk about their school and, and talk about their trip. Um, I know a lot of the parents would love to hear from them, but I think it, you know, kind of builds on, you know, Super League as well, you know, you know, working within the community of, you know, you know, participation in sport, you know, participation yeah. in sport isn't just junior basketball, it's senior basketball as well. And, you know, it's all about, you know, 
men's health and well-being and all these types of things that you know we pride ourselves row on within Super yeah. League, but it can really tie in, you know, from you know juniors up to seniors, whether it's representative, whether it's school basketball. So I'd love to try yeah. and get some of these guys on during the week and have a bit more of a chat and and yeah, go from there. Yeah, man, shoot us a message and uh, and we'll do that. That sounds awesome, Tristan. Thank you so much, man. Enjoy the trip. No in a few days. See you when we get back. Take care, man. Talk soon.